2019 Frigid Festival lineup. Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. I'm the most savage with it, the most hungry for this, the most likely to win it, cause most can't ignore this, the most underrated, the most fuck you pay me, I guess what I'm saying is that I really do the most, this is hard knives, fighting to get all time, getting better every day, searching for some growth, my mama working too hard, but I can't fuck with no job, I'm in the field still, switching my approach, I got drop top dreams, hitting non-stop threes for the team, watch me kill it in the You know it's obvious that I do this for the coast. It's the culture that made me. Queens turn me to a man. I do nothing can face me. I've been building this bus in the hardest city to do it. On the scene, people tell us MDC is the truest. Atlanta to the top spot. Running this music. We about to build this back from the ground. No more excuses. We got the best in the world. Like the homie Ben Lewis. Telling Brendan if a trap gone. Break out the nooses. They been sleeping on us like narcoleptics. Folkly like an antiseptic. Now boasting just that investment. It's on me when I hit these records Too much effort, nah, this can't be counterfeited Hey, y'all be scared to stand out Y'all be trying to fit in I'm 230 dry, still jumping up the stage, man Everything I do is wet Watch me hit the rain dance You got a team, but you ain't got no game plan At the switch, the kill switch EP on the way, man, that's more for me I ain't giving them dabbing, focusing on business I'm trying to expose the scene, this shit is a vibe of dopamine I'm just moving that product This like paid in full, but none of us is actors We some pushers with some malice at the Eclipse on all you rappers, so caught up in egos, that's that shit I can't adapt to, thinking too divisive, y'all won't never be a factor, to elevate the game, I gotta elevate my mind, I know the cost of this ain't free, I'm just here to pay the fines. Yo, yes, 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 it's, we are back. For another show, Ben Talks, live on Radio Free Brooklyn with the best in the world, Ben Lewis and Addie. Yes, it's me, mother of fuckers, healer oh, wow. of hoteps. Healer of hoteps. <laughs> yes. Did you catch Spike Lee's uh, little hotep chain at the, uh, the Oscars? <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, he was praying to it when uh, Best uh, Picture was was being announced. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. How, <laughs> how was your week, Addie? I, I don't want to get mm. straight into business. How, how was your week? Did oh, you have a good you try, week? You trying to get to know me or whatever. All right. Well, well this, really. is, this is but, a... Uh, it's appropriate because I am the guest star for tonight. So, well, yeah. good thing that you did ask me how's my week. Sentence my... should have stopped that guest. Go on. <laughs> go on. My week has been honestly pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I went out last night. You know, mm. Wednesdays oh, may okay. just be lit now. Wow. Um, I and I enjoyed um the event that I attended. So that was good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just Wednesday. I mean, it's just Thursday. You know, mm-hmm. we still have a lot more of the week left. You was, you was out with some moves and shakers last night. Huh? You know, I was doing what I can, you know, uh-huh. to uh, better myself. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but, now, now the Uber XL uh I did not Uber the, XL to anywhere. I that... took the train. You oh. see, you don't be painting these pictures <laughs> the about train. me. Addy, you do not take the train. Cut it out. I mean, it, look, look, I've been, yeah, uh-huh. I do take the train. I have to. I'm not rich enough to not. Addy got three dudes in her phone saved as free ride. Stop it. <laughs> I, like, I really want you to show me the men who do this. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Show me. Okay. I'm tired of walking. I'm tired of spending my money. <laughs> oh, oh, so you want to have somebody saving your phone as free ride? 
We're Why gonna, not? He's going to drop everything and just If that's how he would up. like to spend his life, I mean, there's worse people he could be doing it for. That is true. <laughs> that is true. At least he may learn something. Although, I don't, I, although I'm not sure how you treat the, the men who are interested in you. So I, I don't know. Like... <laughs> I don't know if you're well, nice. Every I don't know single, if you're mean. Every I, single I guy know. that I've ever been with still uh-huh. hits me up and I don't hit them up. So Ooh. I'll give you an idea. <laughs> yeah. Y'all heard that? <laughs> every single one. Oh, damn. Damn. Sheesh. Well, we're gonna start the show. I had a good week. Thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Nah, you didn't yeah. even ask me. I mean, I, I was I was week. still on myself. <laughs> oh, oh well, you still going? I mean, you're gonna get like a whole like 20 minutes. Yeah, no. Later in the show, I'm a Leo. So. You have to work with me. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you could. How was, yeah. Okay. So, no, shit. It's, no, you it's know? fine. No, no. How was your? No, it's, um, no, it's okay. All right. No, it's okay. I had, right. a, I had a busy week. All right. Well, if you must know, I was here. That's like, enough. I was. Oh wow. <laughs> All right. Well, as Addy says, so shall we do. Let's start the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, we definitely got a lot to talk about today. It's the last day of Black History Month. Brazy, yes, that flew by. It, it really did. It was, it was not best. It wasn't our best one. I it gotta, wasn't. I gotta say, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was not our and I want my money back. <laughs> Your money for what? What exactly? I invested in this for? spiritually, which my spirit, yeah, uh-huh. could potentially have a price tag. So I want some coin back. I mean, we do. We do need to. We do need something back. Mm-hmm. And maybe the next president elect will uh will get us that coin that we. That we need back Right So we about to start our shout outs And uh, of course shout outs Before we get into that I do want to let you all know That If you're looking for your next Great book To pick up and read Then consider this The Invisible Empire By Erica Hill oh, After yeah. leaving The Tennessee Bureau of Investigations Scarlett Preston Assumed that she had left All her demons behind But what returns Is her former partner And a home invader trying to kill her the justice in her attempted murder she understands she thought she'd been careful how did someone find out her secret now back in the fold she and ethan montgomery go all across the southern states to find a vigilante group a group set out to do what the justice system failed what marching and protest couldn't fix what mother's tears couldn't extinguish Making justice up by their own rules, killing law enforcement agents that have murdered unarmed African-Americans. Now with two supremacist group, an ex-boyfriend and secrets that can tear everything apart. Scarlet must juggle all of this, stay alive and expose the invisible empire. Well, that sounds like something I'm going to read. Definitely. And you should read it, too. Available on Amazon.com. Invisible Empire by Erica Hell, and don't just take my word for it, people. We the, the book has all types of great reviews, captivating. I could not put this book down until I finished reading it. I enjoyed the plots and the characters. This book was well written, and the author should be very proud of an exquisite piece of work. Whatever exquisite means, I assume that it is good. So, um, yeah. Don't tell yourself short. <laughs> I think you know what that means. Well, I went to public school. Oh my god! In Brooklyn, go so. away. As did I. <laughs> I said in Brooklyn. Like real Brooklyn. I went to public school in Queens. I went. To, I was in Bed Stuy. We didn't even have textbooks. All right. So if you want to win that it battle, was, you it have was, it. It was four to a textbook. Okay. But but and here you are. Yes, here I am. I prevailed. <laughs> here you are. Survival story. Mm-hmm. All right. With your side tutoring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it, man. Uh, what you got for us? What's the first shout out you want to give? I'm gonna shout out Miss Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The OG beauty. Rapper, 
first because I know y'all know her for a million other things that I'm gonna name. Actress. Yes. Makeup line. Oh yeah, she does. Owner. Have, she does have a little 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 makeup line, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little something something with the makeup. Mm-hmm. Great smiler. <laughs> Skin. And now she's known for building an affordable housing complex in Newark, New Jersey. It is going to have 20 townhouses, uh, 76 units, 60 market rate units, and 16 affordable housing units within the building. So this is more of like a, this is more of like, when I first read the story, I thought it was like, oh, it was just, she was building like a housing project. But then I look into it, it's like really an investment. Yeah. And housing and like real estate in her neighborhood, which is still amazing because it's just like, the neighborhood is gentrifying, so it's just like it, it would be best if it's put in the hands of people who are from the community. Yeah, absolutely. And have a say in what that's going to look like. And um, and I think that I'm happy. I, well, I'm definitely happy that she is taking advantage of this opportunity, and then also within this opportunity, creating opportunities for people who don't have the budget to necessarily afford the market rate units. So shout out to Queen Latifah. Yeah, big shout out. And Newark is definitely one of those areas. Like I've been downtown Newark recently, and it, what you how you how you got back? Don't worry, about it. Nah, you know who's in the car. I got you know? goons out there who I told you got look goons out for in you. Newark everywhere. Listen, ain't no goons in downtown Newark. I'm telling you that Please. it's a, it's it's all vibrant and looking and stuff. Oh, wait, is it now? Yeah, gentrification no is hitting Newark hard. And what this these are one of the ways that we can kind of sort of combat gentrification is that the people of color mm-hmm. with money can buy buildings and kind of mm-hmm. uh, make a take hold of that. Yeah, and stop. The, you know the other people that are coming in <laughs> they and can make decisions about what it's gonna look like exactly so it like exactly. a whole a whole housing comp like there's young black people who can afford the units but like for example i came here to bedsty five years ago and you know i was looking forward after college just being around black people and here i am in the building across the street from the projects that they denied my application for and like i was paying um $200 more in rent the previous year. Yeah. I had great credit and so did the person that I came came in on with with uh sorry came in on the lease with. Mm-hmm. And uh we got denied and the broker was like we're so confused but the landlord refused to disclose. So these are the things that happen yeah. when you allow your community to be put in the hands of white people. Uh unfortunately, I, I wish there was a better way to say it, but yeah, well there really isn't. There really isn't. <laughs> just, like it is, it, is. it is what it is and of course not all black people are saints, but it's just a better chance of somebody who's li- who's lived in that neighborhood to really think about what the politics look like. Um, about who comes in the neighborhood and who are the gatekeepers and what what are their what is their agenda because yeah. there's an agenda. They want to make a neighborhood a certain way. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. So shout out to Queen Latifah. Uh, next shout out, man. The Oscars with this weekend, mm-hmm. and I really, I, I called for all the the black forces to come together and make sure that we had a good Oscars because the month as a whole was not was not that great. Nah. Um, but we'll get there. We <laughs> saw legends. Well, Spike Lee. First, I want to start off with Spike Lee, my man, Spike Lee. His first Oscar, not the honorary crap that he got a couple years ago. <laughs> he won for Black Klansman, and I actually saw Black Klansman in the theater. It, it was a great movie. Absolutely happy for Spike. And the sneakers that he was wearing are now selling for two thousand dollars. The uh, the golden uh, Jordan threes that oh. he was wearing, yeah. Um, but definitely happy to see Spike win an Oscar. He's been a legend. He's been doing this for like what 30, 40 years, maybe. And finally, 
something that he did is is recognized to mm-hmm. you know the academy finally recognized him and he won his his first oscar and i'm very proud of him and he got Bravo. he got he was presented the award by his longtime good friend sam jackson oh yes yes, yes. And it's just to add there, it's just great to see legends like Spike win for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. um, mainly because legends like Spike Lee created opportunities for so many other black actors yeah. and actresses that didn't have the opportunity or the space. So, you know, this is once again, uh, one of the really great things about representation is that once you have at least one person in there, they know of all these talented black people or they want to give them a chance because they see yeah. them as people who have talent and not are just not looked over because of their, this color of their skin. So people like, you know, Spike Lee um, and even Bill Cosby, right, like are some of the people that I can think about back then who really provided these opportunities for black actors. So that makes it extra special that he won. So exactly. Uh, we also got Regina King, who, who won an Oscar for If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, so very happy for her. Slay too. Yes. Baddie. Because she was the one earlier on earlier on in her career, she was always playing the ghetto girl, mm-hmm. the ratchet girl, the ratchet friend. That was a lot of the roles that she mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always dope to see like it's such a transformation that you can make as a as the opportunities, the characters that you get to play. Exactly. And you, I mean, she's a, you know, a dark skin on the darkest side of the shade. So mm-hmm, of course, mm-hmm. you know, she would be typecast in those kind of roles yeah. opposite a light skinned woman who is like a protagonist in some of those black movies. Um, so yeah. And, it, and it's just, it, it, you're right. It's so great to see that like, damn, she's dynamic. And like with the opportunities that she had, she's really taken advantage of them and, um, and won an Oscar. Yeah, like, absolutely. So. Um, now this wasn't his first go around, but Mahershala Ali also won an Oscar. The second time yes. he won an Oscar, the same Oscar. Um, and a lot of people didn't feel like he deserved the one he got for Moonlight because he was in a movie like a total of like five minutes. Oh really? Yeah, but mm. this time around for Green Book, which is just mm. a controversy in itself, right? Uh, but he won for supporting actor again for his role in Green Book. So this was his second uh, Oscar as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, to move on from the, the actors, we also uh, had Ruth Carter, who was a costume designer. Yes. For Black Panther. Um, she did that. Yes. So she won the Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. The costumes in Black Panther were. Yes. Amazing. Yes. Uh, amazing. And the set designer also won. Yes. And yes. that was amazing. And I read an article on her. She had, like, done a lot of research. She mm-hmm. traveled to a bunch of places and, like had you know just so much thought went into it so i appreciate yeah that and i'm really happy they won absolutely um was that was that the all the black winners for real? i mean there were there were certainly others there was like seven. Oh, seven. Um, oh. seven winners oh um and you know what i don't know if this is these are stats that kind of like are a little cringeworthy but this, these are the most this year was the most um awards ever for black uh for black people at the oscars mm-hmm. now you can take it as a win or you could take it as a damn it took this long for y'all yeah. to start recognizing some black creators but i'm not gonna dampen the mood right <laughs> so we're gonna celebrate that accomplishment basically um, all right so uh so shout out to all those oscar winners uh we got steph curry we got a shout out for steph curry right hey steph curry with the shot well steph curry convinced um under armor to help his um old uh, neighborhood instead of throwing an uh, all-star instead of throwing all-star weekend parties mm-hmm. and um you know pretty much he i think he i think they were going to give him like a million dollar budget or something for the parties and stuff but he was like anyone can party but 
it'd be great if we can really use this community to uh, sorry use this money to help my community center back in North Carolina. Yeah. And so they've rebuilt and remodeled the um, community center so that kids can have a place to play basketball. They have like this thing, um, this like kitchen unit where Aisha, it's, it's named after Aisha Curry. And it's like, like anyone who wants to learn how to cook can go in there. Oh, and nice. so he's like, this community center was a very important staple in his life. And so he wants to make sure he pays that forward, which is just like, who doesn't love the curries? Like, yeah, I know, right? How could you not? I know. It, it, that was such a married man thing to do, though. Like, what, a million dollars for a party? No, 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 no. No. We're gonna, no. Go, we're gonna go do some charity work. Hell no. Somewhere the hoes will not be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have yo, a whole queen at home. Exactly. Absolutely. And, and she I, cooks. And I just love this current, like, the way these, with the exception of Carmelo Anthony, but um, <laughs> the way. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA, right? Yeah. The, yes. The, but the guys, the faces of the NBA mm-hmm. right now, Chris mm-hmm. Paul, LeBron James, yep. Steph Curry, like all these guys are married men. You're not hearing about scandals. Nope. They're helping their community. Yep. They're uh, standing like, up for things. Exactly. Like they're speaking up. Like mm-hmm. I just love the current like climate of the, the the way the NBA empowers their, stu- their superstars. Mm-hmm. And then the way that these superstars are not afraid to get in front of these um these uh these problems these issues yeah. in our community and speak up against it right and do and are not bullied into like being quiet exactly <laughs> right it was basically <clears throat> uh, sound like i said nfl that was <laughs> i was but, watching um, state of the culture last night and they had brought this this point up they were talking about like what is it about the nba that makes it different and i think remy's point was that it's who is in the NBA right now that makes it different because Joe Budden had pointed out that back in back in the day it was like Charles Barkley was um Michael Jordan, right? And yeah. so like that was just a different landscape. Yeah. Um and so now you have like these younger black men who um who are really like taking ownership of their community. So I'm just right. really ha- happy to see that and happy to see them really Make demands, especially someone like LeBron, because he can't. He's the one to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He is the one with the power that, like, you need LeBron. Like, you can't yeah. literally Yo, can't get rid of him. That's one thing he's always been good at. Like, mm-hmm. there's if there's anything that as a sports fan, like you can remember from the era, look, the, the LeBron James era, because every other player, any like all the greats, they came, they dominated for 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. and then they left. LeBron James changed the game in the sense of powering the players. Everybody killed him when he went to Miami, but he showed mm-hmm. all the other players like, yo, if your team, the team that you're on is not doing what you need them to do, mm-hmm. you can take your career in your own hands yeah. and go where you want to go. And everybody's crying about it, about building super teams and guys teaming up with their friends. But you know what? Yeah, take do that whatever, power yeah, back. Do whatever you want. The owners mm-hmm. are going to send you wherever if once yep. they're done with you. So why not yep. take that control of your own career? LeBron James definitely empowered the players. And he's empowering people in Hollywood. Yeah, that's a good point. Like LeBron, like, yo, he is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. And not just because. Already is to me. Yeah. He is to me also. Mm-hmm. Because not because. I like of, him more than Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan got kids out here. I mean, granted, he's not putting a battery in the back of these killers that's doing stuff for his shoes. But, mm-hmm. I mean, send a truck to the hood every now and then and just mm-hmm. give out some free Jordans. Come on now. Bye. <laughs> Come on now, Jordan. Still respect you, your career, oh, yeah, course, but, course, you know. Of course, Bye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, a last shout out to um, Charles Tillman, who former NFL player. After his career was over, he decided that he was going to go and join the FBI. And he recently graduated 
and is now an FBI agent. So always love to hear a brother graduate in college or any graduate anything really. Wait, wait, he's an FBI agent. FBI, Charles. Okay, Tony. so you know this makes me. Once again, he went to school. He didn't just sit at home and watch first forty-eight. Oh, uh, I mean, no shots. At, uh, look, I got a lot of great <laughs> training about what to I what okay. to like look for. Right, right, right. How to know when someone is lying. Oh, right, right. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, all of that great stuff. So I'm just really confused. Once again, FBI. <laughs> once again. Yeah, I mean, um, well, he went to school. Is it because I have strong opinions about white folks? <laughs> oh, you you actively trying to get yourself recruited for the FBI right now. I am. I'm just wondering what the issue is. Because it's just like, you know, my oh. best friend is white. <laughs> so When you start counting the white folks around you, that, that screams but racism. Really. <laughs> I know. So I have four white friends. Basically. No, no racist person has four white people I don't around even them. see wow. color. <laughs> I never saw it before. Mm-hmm. No, it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> But yeah, shout out to to all those people, the Oscar winners. Um, who else did we start? Oh yeah, uh, Queen Latifah. Yes, always love. And you know what? The the theme of one of the themes that I see growing in our culture is like people kind of. There's more information out there about owning property mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. buying property and flipping property, and we're seeing more and more celebrities and pro mm-hmm. athletes and entertainers kind of go back to the neighborhood and buy buildings. Because that's how we're going to keep our neighborhoods the same way that we remember them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is to make sure that people who look like us and have our best interests at heart buy these neighborhoods and don't price us out. Because I feel like in a a little while, New York City is going to be like unlivable. It's unsustainable. Yeah, you can't. Like, it's like, like, yeah. I'm not going to tell you about all my plans, but I do have plans. Well, if it's illegal. If it's breaking the law, yeah, don't don't disclose. <laughs> no, that to no. to leave because it's just like. Oh, you and me both, sister. You and me. I'm just both. trying to get my shit together, but I don't. This is this is not a place to build. Yeah, Addie's not. Uh, her her money doesn't go as long as far here in New York as it would in in other places. That's true. No. As yeah. with everyone else. Because because then you could really Uber XL everywhere in other places. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> maybe uh-huh. I'll get. Or, or maybe you can actually learn to drive. You ever thought about that? I'm afraid I have anxiety. You have anxiety? Okay, so don't get on the road, please, because I will, people like me on the road will make you uh, drive off and crash. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's an angry place driving in New York City. That's what I figured. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you ready to take the first break of the show, no. man? No. No? No. Well, I got more to say. Well, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, we're going to take our first break. Once again, you Rude. are tuned in to, uh, ooh, I almost said Brooklyn Bandstand. Um, you are tuned in to Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn with the best in the world, the Ben worst. Lewis and Addy. Uh, do remember that Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. So we invite everyone listening to make a donation by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Every donation made to us is tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. We will be right back. We got some great music coming up for you all. So don't go anywhere. Coming up right now is Johnny Patrop with Why You Gotta. Oh, you like to play? You a funny one. Pushing me away, but you holding. You want me to call you late at night 
heavy on my conscience, I promise you. Oh, yeah. It's been hindering my progress, it's not since, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why you gotta check me? Don't treat me like your Nikes, don't wear me down. This energy is toxic, I'm just being honest, I'm dipping out. Oh, yeah. Smoking that dope, I don't lean. Smoking that dope, I don't lean. Dope, I don't lean. I did it all for the team, nigga. We came for the cream, came for the cream. I get it by any means. I'm making movies with dreams, movies with dreams, man. I'm cool as can be. I'm making movies with dreams, movies with dreams. Smoking that dope, I don't lean. Smoking that dope, I don't lean. No, I don't lean. I did it all for the team, nigga. We came for the cream, came for the cream. I get it by any means. I'm making movies with. Life story like a motion picture And I'm going through the motions with you Flow killer like a loaded pistol Dope nigga might smoke a swisher All cap cause I like backwards Roll that baby like that good Kiss on that pussy I know that it's sweet Plus I've been trying to hit it for weeks Then I get tired I've been in these streets And really I feel like it's nothing for me Like all of these people want something from me But won't give me nothing for free But fuck it the flow is 500 degrees Like I'm little Wiz They know it ain't easy Want me to go but I know that they need me Get it so wet got me calling the Fiji Telling the feed me She tell me keep trying I won't let you get it so easy You gotta show me you know how to to treat me, you gotta show me that you'll never leave me, but that ain't easy, cause time is going tick-tock, and my life was loving hip-hop, way before loving hip-hop, pray the shit stop, but it's just not, and these days relationships feel like a pit stop, or falling in a pit, quick to tell a chick you gotta kick rocks, but you stuck around, said that you didn't, my holding me down, this is the older me now, new and improved, treat you like Jodeci now, forever my lady, the journey been crazy, but this is for sure not a maybe, I wrote the script, you made your own, making these dreams, relationship goals, burning the bridge, you're paying a toll, as long as you playing the role, burning the bridge, you're paying the toll. As long as you playing the, yeah, man, I'm cool as can be. I'm making movies with dreams, movies with dreams. Smoking that dope, I don't lean. Smoking that dope, I don't lean. No, I don't lean. I did it all for the team, nigga. We came for the cream, came for the cream. I get it by any means. I'm making movies with.
I want ya, I need ya, no stressing, you're my blessing Let me have you just for one night, baby girl, I made you come to this own life I want ya, I need ya, no stressing, you're my blessing Let me have you just for one night, baby girl, I made you come to this own life So don't you run, don't run Come live life for the night Wind up that boom boom till you want Make me pop off this long gun Now show style on them bitches You riding shoddy on the road to the riches You can't impress them for a second Cause even time switches You know you are an impressed Love when you wear up the tight sundress Just to show off all your curves Oh baby you were born blessed For your boom boom I obsess Love when we're breast to chest Fuck me with all of your expressions Radio Free Brooklyn, we are live. Ben talk the best in the world. Ben Lewis and Addy, what up, Addy? You good? You up? You know, I'm here. <laughs> cause I, cause I know you, you partying and, and and dancing around with, move, d- with movers know, and shakers. You know what I'm saying? You might not. Uh, I, you, I, you know, it was really hard for me to get a drink last night. Oh, was it? Yeah, because Why, there's so, there ma- so many it, people there. At a certain point, by the time I got there, and like the bartenders were so freaking ill-equipped. And they were just like not really making because you know like when you're a bartender you have to you have to be emotionally intelligent too it's a balance yeah. it's like you can't just make drinks you have to like oh, okay I see who generally just came versus who came who's been here for a while yeah 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 you know I'm making no yeah you know yeah, that's yeah. just like 101 and mm-hmm. you know these people here at this particular bar were just wilding but I got a taco and it was delicious it was so good that I'm gonna go back mm. yeah. Taco and liquor. Shout out Johnny Petrol. You yo. Man. Um, all right. So you ready for blow the whistle? Yeah, I think so. All right, it's time for <laughs> blow the whistle. 
Let me get the let me get the music popping. Y'all worked hard on this on this man. Okay, good. Let me, let me get the music popping. You know. Finally. What, what you mean finally? Do we talk about this sound effect for a minute? Well, it's been here the last <laughs> two weeks, but you know. It's cool. It's been so crazy these last couple of shows. It's been hard to notice. Yeah, well, let me, just, <laughs> let me put it up so that you there can There we go. Let me hear it. Is that better? I don't think so. I need, you need to turn it up a well, little you, more. You want, me to, you want me to turn it up hey, a little more? Is that, is that better? You don't say don't it start like spitting. Oh, okay. Oh, Addy, you about to spit? Bitch. About to give us a hot 16? What uh, up? Uh, no, no. Ah, uh, come on now. All right, what do you want to blow the whistle on? I want to blow the whistle. Uh huh. On a number of things, but. <laughs> How about we start with the motherfucking wind chill factor Yo, in that, New York that City? That joint was crazy. Not just New York City, just yeah, over here in this whole region. Like, this whole region was wildin'. Od, it was basically like this bitch. was hide your kids, hide your wigs. <laughs> um, so you thought you got away with not having winter? That's Listen, how you felt. You so you man. thought that? So you thought that it was just gonna be forty degrees, fifty degrees forever? Mm-hmm. You thought what you thought? <laughs> That's what you thought. But you were May. And so May's getting cold weather, so we gonna blow you. Listen, this however weather, the hell we want. This, this weather, was, whichever way we want. This weather was <laughs> was out of control. The weather is Jocelyn Hernandez because <laughs> <laughs> it was unacceptable. But mm. I I can tell you, but someone else can tell you a little bit better. Yes, you got a little. little this love. is a little throwback clip. I remember back when I was maybe in college or something that. <laughs> A similar situation had occurred where the wind chill was off the charts and this young man with hair and uh, with the wig uh, wanted to express how he felt about it. And I think he just, yeah. How about we have That was a man? That's a man. Listen here, Mother Nature. Oh my fucking God. I'm going to tell you this once, bitch. You almost made my wig come off, right? And this is unacceptable. This is real... Unexpected, bitch. I can't even talk. My face feel like it's back there somewhere. Don't be sending mixed signals about the fucking weather. First of all, it's 16 motherfucking degrees right now, right? Bitch, do y'all see my hair? It look like it's about to be on Linden Boulevard. <laughs> Besides the fact, bitch, don't tell me it's gonna be 16 degrees today and 52 on motherfucking Thursday. My thighs feel like. They about to go inside my fucking boots. I'm tired of this bullshit with you, Mother Nature. This this is not even cute. Fuck you. Fuck the the man who's fucking you. And you mad at him, so now you mad at us. You gonna give us some 16 degree motherfucking But you wanna know what? In the summer, I got something for that ass, bitch. <laughs> so yes, thank you, Andre oh, Cavassier. I thought I definitely when I pulled that video up, I definitely thought that that was a young lady. Nah, that's actually a man, and I, I, I'm not saying that just I'm not. It's not a transgender person. This is actually a man in a wig, um, and he sometimes takes off that wig. And Did he just put on, on the wig for for that video? Or he's a he... versatile ass bitch. Like, oh he, okay, okay. He's a make, he's actually Remy Ma's makeup artist now. But back then uh-huh. when he made that video, mm-hmm. I mean hair hairstylist. Back then when he made that video, he was just because you know I grew up in Queens, so I like you know you just. Happen to know people through Facebook and shit, and he was one of those like mutual friends that I had. Yeah, I had some bad times with Queens. <clears throat> Woo! Anywho, got some goons out there for you too. You got goons so everywhere. I'm gonna just stay. I'm gonna start staying in my house. That's what I think. Because Addy has it out for me. Maybe you, I think so. You gonna, you gonna get rid of me and then what? You gonna take over the show? Maybe. It's, all right, just, it's Addy, the best in the world. Well, that just it doesn't. That just. 
It doesn't have a good ring to it. I think so. Yo, it's Addy. It's the best in the world. And I'm here to talk about... No. 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 But just Addy, that's pretty good. Nah. Like, it's just just Addy. Nah, I think the best in the world. It's just Addy. That sounds good. You know, I'm a Leo. The world revolves around me. So, like... Duh. Anyway. So, (laughs) next blow the whistle topic is... Green Book. So Green Book took home oh, the Academy man. Awards mm-hmm. um, for Best Picture, which is the coveted uh, award yes. Yes. for the night. And uh, so if for those who don't know, Green Book is a film which tells the story of the late Dr. Don Shirley, um, the real-life African-American pianist who recruited Italian-American Tony Lip to be his driver as he embarked on a concert tour in the Deep South in 1962. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they won three awards that night. Yes, Green Book cleaned up. They did. And a lot of people were not very happy with it. Um, and not just because some people feel like Black Panther was slighted, but because of what Green Book actually did. So did you think they was gonna let us have that? You think they was gonna give oh, Black I Panther? Knew, it was not gonna let us have I that. I knew from the minute I saw Regina. You know what I Green was like, Book was? Green Book was Casey Musgrave. That's what the fuck Green Book was. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. Who was at the Oscars, by the way? Ooh, oh, she course. did present an award. Well, duh. But go on. <laughs> yeah, she's topping the charts. <laughs> Barely. Yeah. So, um, so the issue with the Green Book and the reason why people were upset not just because they weren't black because of course there's gonna be people just upset because someone black didn't win right um that's just a given but Mm -hmm. it's because um apparently i didn't watch the movie but apparently the movie tried to paint uh dr i'm sorry dr don shirley the the pianist the black guy as this person who was just really removed from his black family and kind of like relied on the comfort of this white man who's oh, driving him around that's the issue yeah and okay. so they were like basically his, so his brother I think his like his nephew and um his nephew and his brother slammed the film as a quote unquote symphony of lies all from people.com by the way symphony of uh, lies it was they said it was rather um and this is his um nephew he was like it was rather jarring um he was like this it was very hurtful um because his uncle was being portrayed as someone that he wasn't and he was saying that basically at that point in 1962 when the events of the film supposedly take place he had actually been living with three of his brothers with whom he was always in contact with and so i guess the the movie had made it seem as though he had no one else and like this was like his own like this white man was just like you know Uh, foundation and i think people are just really exhausted with the white savior story and we're really just tired of like seeing um you know stories that are supposed to be about black people get overshadowed by like this white person who you know out of the kindness of their heart you know gathered these black people who just had no direction you know into <laughs> into the light because you know they couldn't have done it any other way oh, so yeah, if you, of course just plenty freedom of riders like yeah. i was telling you Yo, yesterday freedom, was that the one with mario freedom riders yes yes yes, yes. uh dangerous yes. minds Mm-hmm, that was another mm-hmm, one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like you know we've all indulged in these movies and when I was younger I didn't know any better but as you get older you realize that damn y'all are really committed to like painting yourselves in a certain <laughs> way and of course like you know there are white people who are really like dope like who do dope shit mm-hmm. but it's just like for this to be the prevailing narrative yeah. at the expense of 
the real heroes and when you think about it statistically like for example I used to be in Teach for America Teach for America is begging for black people to come because guess what black teachers are statistically speaking in inner city schools better teachers why because they look like the students in the school to start and part of that comes with empathy if you know this situation if you're working with kids that look like you you'll kind of give a shit about them and Teachers, uh, people of color just tend to give a sh- more of a shit about people in general. So it's just like, once again, you could have painted that story about anybody else, but you chose this very specifically because yeah. you want to drive a narrative. And likewise here, they were trying to push a narrative that I think everyone's really exhausted of. Like, we're not we're not the old generation that's just happy to get a spot, you know, as a yeah. supporting character yeah, yeah. in a movie anymore. You know, like, I think we, times have changed and we're like, fuck that shit. We're really literally creating all of the culture. So give us our shit. Well said. Yeah. I didn't know. I thought when they said that the the white safety narrative, I thought it was because like maybe because I, again I didn't see the movie, mm-hmm. so I thought there were a lot of situations in the movie. Because I'm thinking he's it's the 1950s, mm-hmm. 60s, 60s. This is pre civil rights movement, mm-hmm. right? Or during. Yeah. And so not a not a great time. I mean, <laughs> no time has been wonderful for black people, but this was certainly. Yeah, exactly. So I was in thinking, the South. No. So I was thinking like, OK, people are upset white saver. And I thought they meant white saver in the sense of maybe there were a lot of rooms and places that this guy couldn't go into. And, you know, his driver kind of stuck up for him and stood up for him. Yeah. Which but, I think is also true. You know, I think yeah. that's true, too. So it's not it's not about the fact that they told the story. It's mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that's that's the that's part of the story, but it yeah. is not the story. And people were also upset because the, um, I guess the creators or the writers of the um, of the film they came up to accept the um, award. Yeah, and they they didn't even like and like because if if you're gonna write a biopic right or something that has to do with someone's actual life, particularly a black person, because he is really truly the protagonist, which is interesting that Mahershala got the supporting the supporting role Oscar because yeah. that that story should have been the center role right it's about him no yeah but it became about the white man and um and when they came to accept the award they didn't even mention his name they didn't even mention the actual name oh yeah they said they said Dr. Starts, Shirley yeah so it's just like that's I mean it's like and it's like without him you could have no story so this white man couldn't have saved anyone if this man didn't let him know him, like yeah so it's just like how you tell the story is important because it's like, yeah, sure. Once again, there's always like throughout the history of time, there's always been like solid ass white people who, but unfortunately not enough, but there have been um, because we couldn't have gone through the civil rights without them. We could, there's a lot of things that we yeah, couldn't have done exactly. without these solid right. ass white folks that have really come the fuck through. And so it's like that story should be told, but it shouldn't be told at the expense of the stories of black people. Because then once again, that's white supremacy. Like, and it's just like, why don't you get that? Yeah. What's the problem? Ooh. Well, <laughs> Green Book, you don't got the whistle blowing on you. Yeah. All right. So uh, next, blow the whistle. All and right. You got to tell me about this because you were telling me about this earlier. Oh, Tiger. Yeah. Paint listen. the picture. What happened? Oh, yo, listen. Okay. So Tiger goes to Floyd Mayweather's uh, 42nd birthday party, mm-hmm. which was uh, I forget where what venue it was in, in California. Now Tiger walks. Tiger. I said Tiger. 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 Look at you with the hard R's. Hard R. <laughs> <laughs> But no, so supposedly how it went down was that Tyga and his entourage, they were in the section already, and some guy walked over who was already there and already drunk, was kind of there shouting stuff at them, getting mad at them, and then at one point, he threw a drink. He threw his champagne Tyga. at Tyga. Yeah, he threw his champagne <laughs> at Tyga. Now, Tyga, if you a regular-ass person like me, then yes, handle that man. 
All right? <laughs> Somebody throw a drunk in your face, handle them. But if you are a celebrity and you have more to lose than the average human being mm-hmm. inside of a club or lounge or whatever, you got to walk away. Right. And in this case, I'm pretty sure the guy that they got into altercation with got dragged out, but he's not famous. Mm-hmm. So the cameras caught Tiger getting dragged out the club. Now, again, he was provoked. So that's not why I'm blowing the whistle. Why I'm blowing the whistle on Tiger is mm. because after getting embarrassingly dragged out the club by a very short Samoan-looking man who probably looked like he could snap Tiger in half, actually. He yeah, I was going to mean, short. He, he looked, looked, very he looked strong. like he was taller than he Tiger. He looked very strong and had a very f- scary face tattoo. <laughs> But after he dragged Tiger out the Would club... Would you fight him? Who, the guy who dragged mm-hmm. out Tiger? Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> um, Tiger decides that he's gonna try to get back in the club. But this time, he was going to try to grab his security guard's gun and try to walk back in. Now, his security guard was very smart in the situation and did not let Tiger grab the gun. But Tiger, what the hell are you doing, bro? Tis, tis, tis. You was about to throw it all away for what? Mm. What were you gonna do if you grab if that security guard let you grab that gun? If that security guard was a yes man and was just like, you know what, you pay me, so here, take the gun. Mm-hmm. And you went inside the club, what would you have done? And I I, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that you're not a skilled marksman, Tiger. Mm-hmm. So you'd have walked in there looking for the dude, probably started probably start shooting into a crowd. And probably hit someone. And now we talking. We would have been sitting here talking about free Tiger. Basically, and you see, the thing about Tiger is I have a really interesting like understanding of him. Because like on one hand, like he's like I just really like chill ass people, and he's one of those people who yeah, just like that's how you his demeanor. Comes off as, so no yeah. one's really looking for you to like be the thug or whatever. Right, it's exactly. Like, people like that. You you just move like like you're really unbothered, and and like right. that's you respect that because it's just like oh you're not allowing. Other people incite you, but you're human. So it's like I'm, like you said, I'm not upset that you're, you're that you're upset. Um, but it's just like the bad decisions, Tiger. I mean, this is not the first bad decision you made. You dated a 16 year old, so mm. uh, you know there's that, mm. <laughs> and you got away with it. And everyone's, right. everyone's still got fine away. with that. I don't Stop know why free. or how. Got um, away with it, but uh, <laughs> maybe because she's famous, so her age doesn't count. Right. But um, so yeah, decisions are not really your strong point. But your personality is great. <laughs> Otherwise, so it's just like stick to that, stick to your strengths. Um, you're he's a great rapper to me. Um, you know, so I, no need, no need for that because what 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 that was was attempted attempted murder. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and and yeah. So you, you need to give this that security guard that stopped you from taking that yeah. gun a raise. A bonus or Shout something. Shout out to good friends because Tyga exactly. posted a picture of him and that sec- and that security guard who who's one of his like old friends who has become his you know bodyguard. Um and you know a real friend and this is just tea for everybody. A real friend is somebody who's not gonna allow you to be in some fucked up ass situation. Exactly. A real friend is gonna stop you and save you from yourself. They're yeah. not gonna allow you to go down the road where you end up. Um, doing something that shooting you regret some, shooting somebody right ending up in witness protection because you snitching right. all your friends nobody wants that oh, so like, come on now <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get at Bushwick's own <laughs> Daniel Hernandez yeah my goodness anyway <laughs> Bushwick's own <laughs> so you gotta move on okay um, who, who, you know who Tiger should pull a gun out on it's Soldier Boy <laughs> who's talk out here talking about He's talking I, crazy. I F your baby moms and play PS4 with your son. Yeah, that's why. That's, that's we need to have a gun pulled out on them. That's why. All right, but anyway, um, we gotta move on. Our next blow the whistle. Uh, 
I got. I, we got. Let's throw away the whole Black History Month. Uh, like, I'm sorry. Like, refund. <laughs> yo, we took hella L's. First Basically. of all, the biggest one, Jesse Smollett. God damn it! But you know, ass. people are saying that now that um they I found that they sent a check to the um to the two men to the two Nigerian men who they claim set um were were part of the uh, collusion uh-huh, to who? beat Jesse collusion. up yeah uh that they were in fact his personal trainers and he and they have a paper trail to prove it those so. gonna train them together who needs two personal trainers <laughs> why am I why is two people training me it's hard enough to work with one personal trainer with that person yelling at you as much as you want to punch their head off they're pushing you up to all types of limits that you didn't think you could go mm-hmm. now you need two did you see the results on Jesse yet I ain't see no results I ain't seen no goddamn results on Jesse. Maybe they just started. Two personal trainers. I think they just started. Hey, man, get out of here. Give me a damn break. Lying ass. Anywho, <laughs> that's the that was strike one. And like and, and like the great Cardi B said. What'd she say? She said she feel Marty. like Jesse. She said, Jesse Smollett, I feel like you fucked up Black History Month. And you know what? Oh, she said that? She did. Oh, uh, she I said love that so IG. much. And I you know what? Her. She ain't lying. I Jessie love her. Smollett, she, he really your lying did. self. God damn it! Anywho, yeah, whatever and like honestly, whatever the hell this story unfolds, like you, like regardless of how it plays out, you did actually fuck it up. Exactly, you literally <laughs> fucked it up. Exactly. But not only was Jesse Small lying, uh, a big thing that kind of took over Black History Month, Jordan Woods mm-hmm. messing up the bag. Yo, all you got I, to do is stand on the sideline, mm-hmm. look pretty, sell some goddamn. You makeup. You get the bag and double it. Exactly. You don't fumble it. No, I think this is a as amigos, amigos, you know. So like, we have instructions in our day to day life about what to do with said bag when you have it, and not everyone has the opportunity to get it. So when you have it, don't fumble it. Um, but here's the tea. She's on um, Red Red Table Talk. She's about to be on Red Table Talk, and so I have a guilty pleasure. I watch, I watch a lot of um, white reality programming on Bravo. Um, one of which is Vanderpump Rules, which is the restaurant that Lisa Vanderpump of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills owns. Right. It follows the lives of these, um, you know, wait, wait, waiters and waitresses who've been literally waiting tables for ten years. Wow! And yeah, no, I like they've well, been really doing this shit. Well, they're on TV now, so they yeah, exactly. So it's, so it's yeah, it's not as emba- it's like yeah. not embarrassing. Um, and no, no shade to There's anyone. No, yeah, it's not embarrassing to be mm-hmm. a waiter. Anyway. No. Cause it's oh you always get the tips, yeah. But it's just like hey. it's 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 not it's not that they've been waiting for this long. It's the fact that they also live in Beverly Hills. So you have to understand that like whatever the hell they're either making Damn. or whatever level of trust fund they have, and the combination of the two is making them, be, you know, live this lifestyle. Right. So it's really interesting to watch. But um, I, so I watch I, I've watched pretty much every season, and Jordan Woods apparently asked for a job at Sir, which is the restaurant that they film at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be so interesting because the last time they had a black girl on the show, her name was Faith, and Faith, Faith ended up hooking up with one of the guys, Jax, who was in a relationship with Brittany. Oh, um, and so it's just like no, no, like every no. time you bring a black girl on, it can't be for no bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Can't be for no bullshit because it's like they don't they don't really have like a black friends on the show, and. I don't know what their personal lives are like, but and I and I don't need them to necessarily insert random black people to make a storyline. I rather it just like that's why <laughs> I like I like person. watching it because it's like I like watching them for who they are. I like right. watching them for their natural, you know, um, their natural like white selves. Like you know, right, they just right. living their best white life, and you know why not? 
I don't like for them to I hate in reality shows where they just drop like people of color just to make the thing happen you, you don't need a, that you gotta fill a quarter uh, <laughs> it's just like unless it does if it happens naturally yes mm. but let's not force it like Word. I'm cool with seeing a cast of all white people if it makes sense so on top of Jordan was messing up the bag Gucci and Burberry decided that they was gonna disrespect us during Black History Month they did first Gucci with the blackface sweater and then Burberry with the noose sweater like where, like they weren't watching their high end counterparts get absolutely dragged and killed and boycotted mm-hmm. because you know we can't boycott nothing these days mm-hmm. um, but then they decided they're gonna put out this new sweater and you're gonna choose February of all oh, months they couldn't wait to put it out they could not wait why why could wait could not wait wait for what <laughs> right <laughs> and like the thing with the uh, Burberry sweater is like a model had told them that right. that's a, like this looks like a noose. Like I don't feel comfortable. Uh, hey guys, this you probably know, isn't a good idea. It's probably not a good idea, but you know, for fashion, they didn't give a shit. They didn't give <laughs> they a shit. Didn't give a damn. There's one more oh, person man. I want to quickly blow the whistle on. Okay. Okay. So I was just reading this article today, and a mother and daughter in Pennsylvania were charged with killing five of their family members. Oh, I don't know I if you've seen this story. That. This shit yeah. was fucking crazy yeah, in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, I think it was a. The mother is 45. The daughter is 19. 19 uh, yeah. Shauna Decree. Um, daughter, Dominique Decree. Um, of they, what? Uh, just a question. Of yes. What, of what hue are black, these? These are black. Black. Ah, damn. And black. <laughs> and, and black women. Aww. So it's just like, damn. 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 That's why you got to stop. You, you got to stop thinking that every time uh, something crazy happens, it's just white people. This is that, well, I always ask that, that question, though. Yeah, this is proof that, you know, <laughs> we could we can share the blame a little bit of the blame. Yes, yes, yes. People because are just problematic humans, overall. Yeah. Humans are, humans yeah, are, just, are problematic. just so problematic. So basically, um there the people the deceased include um Shauna Decree's children. This is the um the mother, mm-hmm. uh Naira um Naira Smith, twenty five, uh Damon Decree Junior, thirteen. Um they were also charged with the deaths of Shauna Decree's sister, Jamila Campbell, forty two. And uh, Miss Campbell's daughter, so Yikes. you know her 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 nieces, um, Erica and Imani Allen, nine year old twins. Um, and apparently, they said that they all wanted, like the the family wanted to die, and that like before Jamila Campbell, the forty two year old, right, her sister passed away. Um, she had assisted with the killings um, before they died, and I and. Um, this was like insane timing because they were about to like kill themselves. They were they were gonna also commit suicide. So this was like some type of, you know, shit gone left. But like, there's a lot of people in here of all ages that like it's just like what what happened, right? Like yeah. what what happened that you that led this family, at least the adults in this family, to think because there's a 25 year old in there too, like to think that this was like, yeah, this was cool, you know, because it's because it's like. It does seem, based on the evidence, that it was like, like the adults wanted this to happen. So why? What was going on, right? Yeah. And that, I mean, but regardless, you know, they gotta go. They gotta go to jail. Yeah, man. They gotta. They gotta go. That's they gotta terrible. go. <clears throat> All right, man. Uh, we about to take another quick, quick break, and then when we come back, Addie is gonna get her butt in that hot seat, and she's gonna, you know, they don't call me the best in the world for nothing. Okay, Damn. You're, gonna, you're gonna see my skills, my interviewing skills. My I com- am ready. My conversation, my conversation. Uh, yeah. Sound it out. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. <laughs> but uh, yes, we got Addie 
We, she gonna tell us what she's been up to. Addie is Addie is, the Crown. Yes, Addie the Crown is very a very creative young woman, and she's gonna tell us everything she's got going on coming up next. This is Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn with the best in the world, Ben Lewis and Addie. We gonna have a conversation with her coming up next. Do not go anywhere. And uh, coming up right now is a song by Addie, her single that's out now called "Get Up." Right here on Ben Talks Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll be oh my back. God. I heard he's got it out for me. Yo, I heard he's got it out for me. 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 Something's always telling me to get up i done had a lot of niggas push me past my limits of course the second chance is turning out to be too pricey i just lost too many friends who swear to god they like me ask me if i'm mad bitch i might be none of y'all niggas don't inspire me no y'all ain't show me shit i ain't seen before so why you always wanna put me down so i give up Something's always telling me, something's always telling me, so I get up. Something's always telling me to get up, so I get up. Something's always telling me, something's always telling me to get up, so I get up. Something's always telling me to get up, and I'm not coming down. Push me past my limits Of course the second chance is turning out to be too pricey I just lost too many friends Too many friends who swear to God they like me If I'm mad, bitch I might be None of y'all niggas don't inspire me, no Y'all ain't show me shit I ain't seen before So why you always wanna put me down So I get up Something's always telling me, something's always telling me, so I get up. Something's always telling me to get up, so I get up. Something's always telling me, something's always telling me to get up, so I get up. Something's always telling me to get up, so I'm gonna. Keep my levels up, keep the rebel up Can't tell me nothing, I can't find a fuck It's been a minute and I've been patient when I'm hitting Himalayas kinda high, but I could get there if I try But I be in my head like why? I'm never ready, no, but I But I already know I come alive deep inside Deep inside, deep inside The shit I keep inside, I don't wanna come out 
I'm about to run out of patience Been patiently waiting for you To value the shit that I do I need something else I barely know myself But I'm learning I ain't burdened by the past That has burned me I'm still picking me up I'm deserving and I'm And I'm worthy but I'm earthly Wounds have birthed me I'm still learning to Figure out where I should be When you fell in love with me Y'all done counted me out too many times Come from the jungle, you grind to survive I'm counting my blessings, I'm loading these clips Rev up the engine, been real from the rip You all in your bag, it's black with a zip Flipping the facts, leave your soul in the bits The real on the rise, surviving the fit The throne look like mine, I'll kill for that shit Willing to bleed, you're liking the game Pain in the glory, you rise through the flame If Cole is the one, must be your son Rise of the phoenix, I'm rolling on dumb Cutthroat life, precise with the aim Carving the past, no mask on the face Bow to the crowd, hot like the south Record of Booty, we go for the bounce, keeping it loud, they gotta listen, culture in danger, I like the ignition, I ain't waste a minute, I never get back, lying on record, I pounce and attack, I'm packing this diction, the dope is addiction, when standing on stage and your dream is the vision, I rev up that engine, race you for slips, Greek on the flag, I pass on your bitch, story you're born, keeping it thorough, pass me the torch, queens is the burrow, this thing inferno, many will burn, time will come back, put that on my word, returning to serve, no waiting for turns, I'm hopping through styles, I'm flipping the bird, I do as I want, that ain't gonna Change my mind in this sentence, break free of this cage. I've been the ascendant to spread you this message that heaven and hell is just life on a mission. So pick who you ride, never switch sides. Depending on such, you dead or alive. Demand and respect, keep that in check. Foot on the floor, foot on the neck. Shuffle the deck, ruffle the feathers. Johnny been hot, ain't nobody better. No boy. I just poured something in my cup. Acting like that shit gon' make me heal. I came, I saw, I conquered, turn it up. Turn this up. Sweating blood, this jersey on the field. I just poured something in my cup. In my cup. Acting like that shit gon' make me heal. I came, I saw, I conquered, turn it up. Turn this up. Sweating blood, this jersey Never on the Never been field. nothing, I ain't gon' claim. Straight with the facts, match a propane. Speaking through flame, way with the heat. Compete for the reins, win and repeat. I look to the sky, she always look down. Guardian angel, I need you right now. Ain't one for the mention, I swear I've been listening. I'm walking through life with the soul of deception. I see the intention, double the edge. Guidance is sung, to me that's alleged. They think they could fly, I'm looking at death. The reaper survived, they ain't built for this shit. Ain't signing your wicks, suck on my dick. The jury is out, who really than this? The jury is out, who really than this? The jury is out, who really than this moan? I just poured something in my cup. Acting like that shit gon' make me heal. I came, I saw, I conquered, turn it up. Turn it up. Sweating blood, this jersey on the floor. I just poured something in my cup. In my cup. Acting like that shit gon' make me heal. I came, I saw, I conquered, turn it up. Turn this up Sweating blood This jersey on the field Sweating blood This jersey on the field
Yo, it's the best in the world, Ben Lewis, right here. We are live on Ben Talks on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you all for tuning in to Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you for tuning in to Ben Talks. But yo, real quick, we about to have this conversation with Addy. I don't put her in a hot seat. A lot of you don't it's know. It's burning. <laughs> well, let's not uh, use those. That phrase has been, you know, has other a lot of other context Ooh, to it. Yeah, you know what nah, I'm saying? Not that one. And, you know, someone just happened to turn on the station right when you said that. And they just heard you say it's burning. They, they think, like, what the hell's going on in that studio? Fair. Um, but I do want to let you guys know real quick, if you're looking for a great book to read, make sure you head to Amazon.com and purchase The Invisible Empire by Erica Hale. After leaving the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, Scarlett Preston assumed that she had left all her demons behind. But what returns is her former partner and a home invader trying to kill her. The justice in her attempted murder she understands she thought she'd been careful how did someone find out her secret now back in the fold she and agent ethan montgomery go all across the southern states to find a vigilante group set out to do what the justice system failed what marching and protest couldn't fix what mother's tears couldn't extinguish making justice up by their own rules killing law enforcement agents that have murdered unarmed african americans now with two supremacist groups an ex-boyfriend and secrets that can tear everything apart scarlet must juggle all of this stay alive and expose the invisible empire available now on amazon.com once again that's the invisible empire by erica hale addy oh my gosh addy <laughs> those you know no i'm gonna give you a full bio i'm gonna, you know i'm oh gonna give you the God. same treatment i gave all my other Stop. guests listen addy's a professional songwriter education consultant content creator based you want me to give you your neighborhood? I don't want people running down I mean, on you. It is Big what famous. it is if they want based to press in, me. Based in do a die best style <laughs> Brooklyn. Organized over 600 black folks across the tri-state area to attend the premiere screening of Black Panther in Battery Park. <clears throat> I wasn't invited. I'm hoping nah. to translate the energy around Black Panther <laughs> into sustainable support for, black for young black creators. Also launched Party Blackly, a media and event platform for black music culture and community since then party black has mobilized their audience in support of black creators they've recently produced a web series release party for melanin and magic productions they've launched a platform featuring up-and-coming black singers rappers musicians and have more recently began production on their original series party blackly presents elevate black which will be a feature on the diverse experiences of young black creators of all mediums educators leaders activists and more yes and that song the first song we heard in our break oh, was addy's single oh get God. up see addy's also a professional songwriter who just released her first song I did. listen so we're gonna it's streaming on all platforms it gotta is. gotta give the plug Amen. um at, uh get up by addy the crown her music yes. is a reflection my producer peril funky yeah well relax let me don't don't cut me off i'm doing my thing don't tell don't tell don't <laughs> tell the guests what <laughs> Uh, her music is a reflection <laughs> of her dynamic identity and uncovers a lot of the growing pains of being a young black girl in a world that expects a lot and doesn't give much back in return. Mm, um, so I, I, a couple things I want to start off uh, from here is what was that like? You put together the, the premiere, mm -hmm. the screening for Black Panther. Yes. Again, oh my God. I wasn't invited. And, uh, right. We absolutely... I must have not known you then. We absolutely positively didn't know each other. Um, <laughs> I don't think and, I did. Uh, no, we absolutely positively I, no didn't know way. each other. No, no, we did. I, no, no, there's it's, no it's way. It's fine. It's fine. That's not no, true. No, no, it's okay. 
It's absolutely fine. Yo, I can't wish. Ironically you. enough, I saw Black Panther. Luckily, with... Ben and I have grown to become very best, <laughs> the very best of friends. Uh, ironically Since enough, then. I saw Black Panther with um, a white friend of mine. <laughs> Dead. But anyway, um, to so you putting that together, and then seeing over six hundred people come out. What yeah. was that like for you? It was like holy shit. It was like. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I had this idea. So it was back in November. And I'm telling you, as you just read, I didn't even tell you half of what I do. Mm-hmm. Because I'm one of those people who... It would have taken up the whole page. It would have taken... Possibly. Yeah. Well, but you, you know, have been modest. I give you a chance to be modest. I'm trying. I'm trying. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just... It is what it is, right? And it's not even to... It's like, I, I do these shit, these things, because I, I like to do it. So mm-hmm. it's not... No one's forcing me to do it. I don't have a gun to my head. I just like creating things. Um, and so back in November, right before um, Black Panther had come out, it was like three months before, I saw this girl had started this Facebook page where she was just trying to gauge interest and how many people wanted to attend um, a screening of Black Panther with other black people. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, wow, this is a really dope opportunity to kind of like capture this energy of like people feeling really excited about supporting black creators. Right. And I was like, if I can capture this energy, I can do a bunch of things with it but the most important thing that i can do with it is use this energy to help support people who are lesser known people Mm -hmm. who don't have the exposure people who don't necessarily have the platform but have the talent and i feel like there's this opportunity there within our community because what we see oftentimes is people come and poach from our community they take what we create naturally um our hair our sound our music our culture and they commodify it and you know we talked about this on, on the show um, from Gucci to yeah. to Burberry, you know, like taking um, our pain and making it fashion, but even to another degree, just like taking our hoop earrings or our ponytail. Recently, I was on my way here, and they were like, "Um, BET, BET." I, damn, I meant to blow the whistle on them, but let me do it real quick. BET for us, anyway. yo. Somebody was like, they just got to drop the B off of that. Et, yeah. Et was like, don't well, you know Don Richard from? Uh, from Danity Kane. Yes. Yeah, the black one. Yeah. Uh, she was wearing this ponytail that has. She was like, the one that was with Q, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you really he, remember all the nah, details? He, he, no, because I really like Day Twenty Six. <laughs> yeah. Like I really like Day Twenty Six. Dope. They were dope. They were both fans were dope. Yeah. Um. And Q was he just ruined everything for everyone. But <laughs> go ahead. But um, Don was accused by VT of stealing a ponytail that. Ariana had been rocking. So pretty much it was this high pony that has like rubber bands throughout it. Janet Jackson wore it back in the day. Like the first people you can see wearing or rocking a ponytail like that are black people. Because guess what? The hair under the ponytail is black hair. And even Ariana like either textured her hair or has some weave that is textured in that ponytail. But BET went ahead and said, oh, hair Don is like rocking Ariana's ponytail. This is BET. So anyway... So this is the problem. This is like the shit that we're up against. It's like people coming to our communities, poaching our culture, taking what they want from it and not giving us the real credit that we deserve. Right. And so Party Blackly really is a response to that, that like here we have this full cast of like black creators, directors, actors who um, are producing, who are putting together this film. But this film is not going to last forever. It's Can, can you believe it's been a year literally since yeah. it's been released? And so my... Uh, yeah. My idea is like, how can we take this and make this sustainable for 
for the everyday everyday black person who's doing dope shit, who doesn't have a hundred thousand followers, who doesn't have a million followers, but has talent, who has skills. Right. Um, I'm centralizing that information for everybody to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's really dope, man. I, I could imagine like putting together something, six hundred people come out. That when you plan these things, obviously you're like, I hope I hope a bunch of people come yeah. out. But when that many people come out, I'm pretty sure there's like a damn like there's yeah this many people. Like, no it was it was crazy and things got crazy um but you know i was very grateful to see the response you know to see the response and to see just how many people wanted to celebrate that moment with yeah. people who also look like them because it, it was it was just a powerful moment you know to share um in our history you know even if i was just at home and like a friend asked me to go, I would be really happy to celebrate all of these black entertainers on television, but to do it with people who look like you, who are around you, who live in your neighborhood, who um, are people you should probably already know. Yeah. Right. And, um, but here we are all together in fellowship and support of these black creators. So it was one of those things that was like, damn, this is exactly what I wanted to see. And it, it fills you up to be in any space where there's yeah. a lot of, People, black people who care about other black people because that was another thing for me it was like you you can, we all know black people but do we always know black people who care about other black people mm. no and mm. so this was like to me not to say that just because you went to this event that you care about other black people because of course there's going to be people who just want to be seen or people who just want to attach themselves to something now yeah. that blackness has become cool um and mm. i just want to yeah because i literally saw these girls from i you know from my school harvard yeah um, and these black girls who literally had nothing to do with black people. I saw them at Afropunk last summer. <laughs> and it's just like, um, you know, this was not, you literally did everything to avoid black people. So interesting that you're here at Afropunk. But well, anyway. We're not going to gloss over that. <laughs> you just, you just, she just said, yeah, what's college? Yeah, Harvard, you know, whatever. We're not, we're we not going to, we're not going to gloss over that, <laughs> we'll you know. And I've always wanted to like talk to you about that because uh, I hope you don't mind us like switching gears we can a little switch bit. switch gears. Let's yeah, go. yeah, because I because I've always wanted to talk to you about that because so you, you never asked me. <laughs> you and Jasmine uh, yes, of the Soboom podcast of the Soboom podcast. Yes, another creative thing that Addie's mm-hmm. doing. What doesn't this woman do? I mean, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, that file my taxes on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still ain't filed my damn self. So, <laughs> but um, what was the experience at Harvard like for you being? Mm-hmm. Cause there's I'm, you're not like the first black person to go to Harvard, obviously. Surprise, but, surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's not like, you know, you're not coming from an affluent black background. No. You're not coming from. Uh, I was the only black person in this neighborhood. You coming from? Yeah, like, no, Queens, no, no. New York. Yeah, I grew up in Jamaica, Queens. Right. Area, so like, and, um, like I can imagine the culture shock you experienced. But what oh, was definitely. what was your experience at Harvard like? Yeah, so I can tell you that when I when I went to Harvard, I was just like, I bet, like, because I knew when I got in that I was like, I gotta go because it was just like, you know, you don't just get into li- Harvard and be like, yeah, because it's like yeah, literally you something, go. you know, you know, you know, when your parents are like, oh yeah, my kid is going, no one, no one groomed me to go to Harvard. You understand? Like I was really out here like wilding at a certain point in my education, um, you know, and it was really in high school, like it was in middle school. I had just gotten into a bunch of different shit and I was just kind of like over it. And I just, and I knew I wanted to leave my house. I knew Mm -hmm. that I was like, I got to leave my house, no strings attached (laughs) because, um, my parents are wilding. (laughs) Um, this, this whole world is wilding. So I'm like, I'm just going to do what I need to do. So So college was your great escape. It was like, it was like, 
it was like it's either that or because I had friends who was like you know running away from home uh, with some niggas or whatever and I'm like I'm not trying to be caught up with nobody yeah, well it's best you leave with a plan there, right. there we go I'm like, at least my, I'm like my parents yeah. be wilding but they love me at least I'm not yeah. trying to be caught up with some you know pedophile <laughs> you know mm. living some R. Kelly ass nigga whatever Facts. so anyway <laughs> so yeah so pretty much all I did when in high school I was like I'm literally gonna do everything that my teacher tells me to do as far as like I'm gonna do my homework and I'm gonna do my classwork so that was that was my only plan um, but my dad would when I was younger he was like yeah you know you have to go to Harvard and my parents are Nigerian so it was just like yeah my, my kids are gonna go to Harvard but like you know he would say that as just all Nigerian parents would say it, yeah. not with an actual plan um, so I randomly applied to Harvard only because this girl told me that she saw a black girl at Harvard and I was like no and I was like, she must have been. I'm like, I'm like, okay, she's black, but like, what kind of, you know, is yeah. she the black girl who went to a private school? Yeah, was she the cleaner? You know what was she I the mean? Cleaning lady. Yeah, I'm know? like, what kind of black girl is she? Like black, black? Like, I mean, black, black. You know what I mean? Like name belt black. Right. <laughs> like, oh damn. Woo, you know. Take it back. Okay, baby fat black. Um, and she was like, yeah. So that was the only reason why I applied. Um, but I was like, not. I, it was not on my radar. I applied to that school last. Um, but when I got in, I was like, I gotta go just because. I don't know anyone else who has. Yeah. And I'm like, this will be this will be an interesting ass experience. So I was like, I volunteer as tribute. I will go. <laughs> and when I got there, I was like, I I was not expecting to see any black people. I was like, all right, I'm ready. You know, do my time. I know, like, do my time. I was like, I was like, socially, met the man and red man. We're not there for the record, right? Nah, nah. <laughs> I was like, socially, it ain't gonna be it. But I'm just gonna do what I got to do. And I was pleasantly surprised. Right. I would say, I mean, um, you know. That Harvard at the time that I was there was 10% black, which is like, you know, pretty significant relative to a lot of other um, predominantly white institutions mm -hmm. where like the percentages there are really bad. Like a lot of schools around, especially in the Boston area, 2%, 3%. So I was like, all right, proportionally, I'm not that upset. And I was meeting people that I was like, yo, you you came from this. Like we have similar, um, similar past, similar upbringings. And um, the black community at the time when I was there was super strong. So it was really a dope, um, a dope time for me because it was just like, I have all these people who can like kind of validate my existence that like, all right, you grew up here, you grew up here, you grew up in Chicago, you grew up in Atlanta, you grew up wherever you did. And here you are and you're doing, you're, you're doing your thing. So yeah. that was a really dope feeling to have and to see those people there. I always I always brag like yeah I know a girl went to Harvard. You know <laughs> that's it's like a, it's like one of my uh, crowning achievements because I, I, I ain't I, done nothing in life. Stop. You know I'm, my goal always is to not make that my my first and only thing that I've ever accomplished. <laughs> well, I kind of threw your alley oop to make me feel good about myself, oh. and you just kind of dropped the ball again. Mm, yeah, but it's okay. Sorry, you know, not Addie, about you. Addie doesn't like black men. So. Nah, I don't. <laughs> All right, so um, I want to get into music, man. So, so yeah, songwriter. Mm -hmm. When did that start for you? And like, was it something that you were ever afraid to like take Ooh. on and let people know about yourself? Yeah. You're asking me a lot of questions that's requiring me to tell really big stories. So uh, <laughs> um, I wrote my first I'm, song. I'm good at what I do. <laughs> you right. Um, I wrote my first song when I was eight years old. I used to okay. write like chapter books. I used to write um, wow. uh, like poems and short stories. And then I was like, None of this is giving me the attention that I deserve. So <laughs> I was like, nobody huh. cares about poets. Yeah, right? I, was, I was like, because once you read the poem, it's done. Nobody want to hear it all the time. So yeah. like, nobody want to hear it all the time. So Very I'm like, true. and I was, I was a master rhymer. So I was, I was like, hmm, you know. So I start, I, I wrote my first song, and yo, crazy ass shit. I um, 
I like got to a place because I've been doing a lot of just deep soul searching, re-accessing the past and shit like that, for, especially for my music. And I remember how my first song went. And you want to give us a little snippet <laughs> right right here? I'll give you a little Live on Ben Talks. I'll give you a little exclusive. There you go. It went like... <laughs> How to- would I go without you in my heart? How would I live to know that we are apart? How will I know you are not sticking with me? That will mean everything. Wow, that's that. Everything to me. <laughs> like Yo, that has like That a- was my eight I was eight years old when I wrote that. That's like- how music sounded back when we were kids mm-hmm. though. Like, yeah. That sounds like very much like a little Tony Braxton yes. ballad, like yes. Brandy, yes. like those people. Mm-hmm. Like that's and that's that, what that and sounds those, like. Yeah, and you name in all of my influences. My mom played Tony Braxton all the time and I listened to Brandy, Lauren Hill all the time. So I um I wrote those songs that I would perform in my like neighborhood. I would like have I had um, a group hat, of girlfriends. <laughs> no, but we would create like these little fortune tellers. We buy like cakes and shit from like key food and sell them for twenty five cents. We were entrepreneurial, and we would wow. perform on on our um, on our block. It was like my block was like all black, you know, just. Was Jamaica Queens? <laughs> well, I lived I lived in Rosedale, so like yeah, oh, okay, yeah, Rosedale. Yeah. So like we had you know we had space. A lot of Haitians, <laughs> then Nigerians and Jamaicans. <laughs> Um, so we would perform for them and whatnot. And so that was like one of the first times I wrote. But after that, I was eight, you know, and after that, it took me a while to continue. Um, it took me a while to get back into it because at, shortly after that, you know, I'm growing up. Now I'm in middle school or whatever. Now I'm in puberty. I'm concerned about all the all these other things. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was and also I didn't really know anyone who was writing music. It yeah. was like I was literally the only person that I knew right. who was doing that. So there was no one to really help me cultivate that. Um, and so it wasn't until I actually became a teacher and this was um, I became a teacher five, six years ago. And um, when I started working, I just had so many talented kids around me. And by my third year of teaching, I started a songwriting club in my school. And I and I was like, you know what? I got to take I was like, I got to take this seriously. I'm telling these kids they can be everything they want to they want to be if they put their mind to it. And here I am at 24 telling myself that I can't be what I wanted to be when I was eight years old. And that's crazy because it's like. I'm 24. I haven't died, and yeah. <laughs> and um, I've always written songs. So even though I even though I didn't get that development that I wanted, I would always be like, I remember in college on campus, I'd be like, yo, if I was a songwriter, this shit would be lit, and I would like write it up in my phone and be like, yo, and then throw it away, right? And I have tons of notes, tons of songs, and that's why I keep all of my phones. I still have my iPhone three, <laughs> you know, because I have notes of songs that I've written that was like, yo, if I was a songwriter, this would be lit. So, um, sidebar, Eddie's a hoarder, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically. So that's how I ended up coming back into it, and that was 2016. And since then, um, I've been writing, I've been performing, and just really facing a lot of my fears. When I was younger, I was fearless. I would just get up and just do shit, and like, there's my my soul has like two sides of it mm-hmm. some parts of me just kind of like uh, i don't really want all that attention i don't really need that and that's a lot of what society has done to, you know done to me yeah. like over time you have all these expectations about who you're supposed to be and then you end up in these boxes and it's hard to break out of it so i'm happy to finally be back to who i feel like i really am that's dope mm-hmm. so how has been like because i know especially when you are you're you're Nigerian yes. and, and you know my parents are Haitian and like usually they they want the uh they want the traditional like career path. Yes. For yes. You. you know, when you tell them anything, you tell them you want to you're interested in doing anything outside of medicine, law, 
uh, what else do they allow? Um, engineering. En- engineering. <laughs> you know, they they kind of they kind of like turn their eye at, at you. So at, at worst, nursing. <laughs> yeah. So how's the support been like uh, like for your songwriting and, yeah. and and your music? No, I was I gotta say like <laughs> surprise like my family's like, once again they're just so interesting because on one hand like I like I said I wanted to leave my house because I was just like. My parents are wilding. They don't listen to me. I have like I'm going through shit, and they literally don't have the tools to help me because there's like literally two Nigerians to function. But on the other hand, they they had a lot of qualities about themselves that were different from other Nigerian parents. So most Nigerians grow up in households that are either very like like Christian or very Muslim, and yeah. both of my parents um, grew up Muslim, but they never like like imposed it upon me. Right. So that goes to show that like you know. They were one of, despite the fact that they were two Nigerians to function, there was some latitude within them because they didn't like things being forced onto them. So there was that part of them that never liked that. And they also, like, I've always been, like, you know, and now that I'm getting back to who I am, I've always been this person. Like, so my family always almost expected me to be a creative when I was, when I got, they had no idea I'd applied to Harvard. So they were shocked. They were like, you got into Harvard? Because I didn't show my parents my report card throughout high school. I was like literally doing it for myself. I was like, I'm going to get out of the house. And that was my goal. Um, And I did it. So they had no idea that I was actually like good at school. Um, So they thought and I and at the time when I was in high school, I was acting. I was um, I was I was more so in acting and like doing dancing, doing all that creative stuff. So they thought that that was where I was going to be. So they were shocked that I ended up honestly on a traditional career path. So when I said I was like going to leave this traditional career path to like pursue this creative thing, they were like, well, if you ever just need to like come home just you can you can do it and like we believe that you can accomplish it my parents have always like believed in me creatively which is my mom used to take me to casting calls when i was younger wow i almost got scammed (laughs) when i was 10 um yeah those things are yeah you know and i put on i really put on a great performance i mean if i say so myself and they were like, oh, you, you did such a good job that we're only going to charge you $6,000 for this program sorry, as what? opposed to twelve um, that we would ch- uh, charge everyone else. I'm sorry, what? Because <laughs> you were so good. So, is that, is that um, what the response was? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? Uh, that was called Tomorrow Talent. Fuck Tomorrow Talent. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, because I have wasted my time. Because I'm going to put this video Fuck up. Fuck you. They were like, Katie Holmes went through them. They really like scammed well, Katie us. Katie Holmes did not really. I don't believe no. she did. I don't no. believe so. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm grateful. My parents have been really solid as far as they're like, yeah, you know, you're crazy. You're gonna do whatever you want to do. So do That's it, dope, man. So yeah. as far as like, what can we uh, right now? I want you to uh, it's a two parter. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell us what can we expect from Addy as a creative in tw- for 2019. Oh, that's a good question. Because it's the beginning of the yeah, year. Here we are. And also, after you answer that, tell everyone where they can find you and where they can yes. find and follow everything it, everything it is that you are doing and putting together. All right. That's a good question, Mr. Benjamin. Well, again, I'm good at what I do. So. <laughs> you are at what you do. Huh? Um, Let's not be a hater. Okay. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm here. So, uh, <laughs> just to let you all know, 2019, what it's looking like is May... Um, Party Blackley's first event for the year is coming. Um, we're going to be featuring music from up and coming artists. Um, so follow Party Blackley, submit your music to us. We're really looking for um, young, talented black creators. And especially because like I am an artist who looks for places to perform here in the city. And a lot of times they're very white. And so I really want to create this space um, for black creators to come and to 
perform their songs in front of the audience they intended to be performed for. Like, I don't mind performing in front of diverse audiences, white audiences, because people come up to me like, oh my God, like what you just wrote really touched me. And it's just like, oh, interesting, because it had nothing to do with you. But, <laughs> but since it, you know, it, it helped you, great, because it's like, it's intended for me. My music is for black women and for black people. But if it reaches other audiences, dope, because then I'm doing my job because I'm telling the stories that are real to me. And I think that's what everybody should be doing. And I feel like for so many black creators here in the city, uh, we need that space and we need to be unapologetic about it. And that's really what I'm trying to do with Party Blackly. Like unapologetic, come submit your music. If you identify as black, I'm not going through your DNA chart submit it and um you'll be considered to be a part of our show and then also a part of our playlist that we promote every um every month to our list of uh 4, subscribers and growing so Ooh. um <laughs> just a little showing off there also what we're going to be doing is we're coming out with a series called elevate black and this is as um, ben mentioned earlier we're going to be just featuring the stories of young black creators i know so many dope ass <clears> people <throat> you know i mean like it's crazy because you know um <laughs> <coughs> he's sitting across from- <laughs> and you know not just creators but like teachers activists like there's a lot of young black people who are really doing dope shit to, to elevate our community and i want to highlight that so look forward to that. I'm gonna. Um, we're starting production in April, on that. So I'm really excited um, to do this and to tell and to really showcase those stories because I'm seeing these people and meeting these people every day. And um, the next goal is to like take this into schools. Mm-hmm. I was a teacher, so it's just like you know you like just that one interaction with somebody who you can see yourself in can change everything. Like I said. I only went to Harvard because I heard that a black girl was given a tour at Harvard. That's the only reason why I thought or felt confident enough to apply. So I want to take this into the schools. And when I say Party Blackly, it's not just about music and culture. It's about community. This is the part, right? Like, it's about being that for the younger generation. It's about mobilizing around community issues and using music as a way to do it. We always did it historically. Music was the way that we spoke against um, police brutality. It was the way that we uplifted our community. And so I want to really bring that uh, culture back. Absolutely amazing. And you asked me yes. where y'all tell, can follow. Yeah, tell everyone where they can find you at before. Me, my name's Addie, the baddie, um, but also the crown. Addie, Addie the crown on Spotify and all platforms. Um, but you can follow me at the crown of wealth, the crown of wealth. Okay. And not the wealth that Ben likes to play with me about, but the wealth of knowledge that is the crown. That is my brain. That is my game. That is my name. Cause my name literally translates. My full name is Adiola and it translates to the crown of wealth. So, oh wow, yeah. Fun well, fact. it's, it's been dope sitting down and really talking to you, man. Thank uh, you. Thank oh. you. Thank you for agreeing to this do this. This is the first time you've ever said that. Well, is it because we're across from each other now you have to face me as an equal instead of you're like I always look at, I always look at you as an equal, Addy. But it was a great conversation, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, agreeing to do this. <laughs> I don't know if I had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we're going we to take, take a quick, quick break. Um, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Actually, should I do uh should I do the don't at me now or Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna do it now. Okay. I'm curious. Oh, you curious I'm to curious. see what, what this week's don't at me mm-hmm. is? So, 
This week's Don't At Me was inspired by uh, my uh, my travels on the train. I took the train this week. Oh, there you go. Okay. And I was getting off the train. And you know how sometimes people will stand by the door. <laughs> so what do you do when you're standing by the door and people have to get off? You typically move to the right or to the left. Yeah, you get skinny. You turn sideways. Or you leave and exit until they get off. Right. Three options. But not... It was two people. Mm-hmm. Two complete strangers. Didn't know each other. Neither one of them moved out the way. So this week's Don't Ooh. At Me goes to people who stand at the train door and decide that they're not going to get the hell out of the way for people to get on or off the cart. Listen. When this train stops, you get skinny... Or you get off the train so people can move in and out of the cart. Who the hell do you think you are standing there and not moving? You just stand there looking at people as if they did something wrong. Get out the way. You're standing in everyone's way. You are impeding the commute. I've said this before. I have about 10 seconds to catch the next train. And you standing there looking at me like an asshole is not gonna help me get to where i need to go all right everyone knows you get skinny turn sideways (laughs) when the door opens you turn sideways it's called getting skinny so people can move in and off the cart so that they can get out but no these two assholes these two jerks were just standing there looking at me as if i was doing something wrong by trying to get off the train so i ended up walking right in between them and i'm a big individual you so, are. <laughs> well i knocked I, I, I bumped into both of them i knocked them both over well not over but i kind of rubbed shoulders with them because like get out the way so what the hell ready. are you doing what are you doing like get <sighs> i'm at a loss for words right now I, yeah. I don't even understand how you can be so obnoxious and they so oblivious yes you absolutely wanted to get hit mm-hmm. absolutely they were like i need some attention and this is a two-parter because on the other side of it the people who, when oh, the train the in. train is crowded, mm-hmm. and you get on, and then you stand by the door. Get the hell out the way. <laughs> Keep moving. Go into the cart. Why are you getting on and standing by the door as if there's not another 100,000 people yeah. behind you that need to get on the train? Right. Why are people that take the MTA such assholes? Yeah. If you, listening, are one of those people that don't get skinny when the train <laughs> doors open, if you're Keep one of those people... <laughs> If you're one of those people that you get on your train and it's crowded and you just stand at the door as if the rest of us don't need to get on, you, my friend, are an asshole and a, and a jerk <laughs> and a thought. I said what I said. Now, don't at me. Oh, God. All right. Well, my Ben's going to, you know, go relax and oh, go God. cool off. My blood pressure. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> On a taking page, a Bible verse was at the top. It said, Daniel, 
Chapter three, I can't remember. Off the top, no see. See, I don't know where you came from, but I know how I was built. See, you can fault me for a lot of shit, but never say I don't care. See, I've been dealing with a lot of things that you would never call fair. And if you love me, baby, don't press a nigga. You making it feel like jail. And I already been locked up once. You ain't know that. That's one place that I never want to go back. Sorry to my mama, cause I make her want to collapse. Ain't no other woman compares. Huh, yeah, let it rain on me. Need it for the roots, I'ma blow my leaves. Cut it down, see the 360 degrees. I learned to give a fuck, it's the birds and the bees. You wanna have my son? He can turn into me. And do all the type of shit she don't like. He can close the door, go MIA when he need a second or when he trying to write. Now, shorty, is that wrong or is that true? I go so hard trying to pay my dues. If I can't do it, we all gonna lose. And I'm a good ass man, that's why I'm so confused. But God will never give me nothing I can't handle. Even when he took my grandma from cancer. I ain't cried once, and you think that's random. Wanna give you what you need, but shit ain't planned. Miss my flight. I'm like, why is this happening? Mm. When everything go wrong, got up in the cab, then I went back home. Ain't make it to Cali. It hurt my soul. Mama would say, when it rains, it pours. Nah, nigga, learn. Best friends will try to get you. Old things will try to get you. Trying to take the first and last. Yeah. They just craving my initials. Days are filled with dreams of mine. I don't like the evil kind. Why they aiming for the head? Trying to give me something to keep in mind. No, no, nigga, y'all don't get it. You need to backtrack and get the analytics. On the seventh day, I never rest. I'm slipping like an old transmission. Listen, just because I got a blank stare, it don't never ever mean that I don't listen, nigga. All because I just raised hell without giving a fuck. I'm still turning niggas, man. I really need to wear rubber in this game. I feel like gladiator, killer entertainment. I just hope I got another blessing. I could block the devil, then my tumble finger away from my mistaken that I see the changes and I'm getting ready. For some many more, I'm always there and I ain't never left it. I think that is something you ain't ready for, but I swear.
Yes, you're listening to Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. The best in the world, Ben Lewis and Addie the Baddie, as she just Addie dubbed herself. Addie. As she, Addie as she, uh huh. <laughs> Addie the protagonist, Addie the hotel healer. Oh, that's a, that's a long, that's a lot of AKAs. Jesus and Mary. I didn't there. say that Nicki Minaj actually her um she was inspired by me. <laughs> oh. Uh. Uh. Look, okay. all, when Nicki Minaj came out, all of my friends were like, oh my God, who is this rapper who literally stole your personality? So I just want to let everyone know. But I, Nicki Minaj, I love you. Breaking news. You, you make me feel seen. Breaking news. You know, it's okay. Nicki we Minaj can, is... She uh, grew up in Jamaica, Queens. It makes sense that we would have the same personality. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right, let's get right into it. We got the trending topics. Uh, let's start us off. Addie, let's start, let's, let's start us off. Okay. Well, here we are. Um, Oprah is hosting After Neverland, a special... Oh, no. That's going to come after the HBO special by Dan Reed called Leaving Neverland, premiering March 4th at 10 p.m. Just so that everyone knows. March, March 4th, which is literally next week. That's <laughs> next. That's Monday. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's actually Monday. Oh. So, oh, 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 yeah. This is going to be good. We'll be back to chat yeah, <laughs> about we, it. We know we're going to be talking about next Thursday. I have not seen it. So I'm very freaking curious, but oh man, leaving Neverland quickly. Um, I'm just gonna go through it in H, um, in HBO's description, and this is a quote from Deadline, by the way. Um, explores the separate but parallel experiences of two young boys, James Safechuck at the at age ten and Wade Robson at age seven, both whom were befriended by Michael Jackson. They and their families were invited to his. A wondrous world entranced by the singer's fairytale existence as his career reached its peak through gut-wrenching interviews with Safechuck, now 40, and Robeson, now 36, as well as their mothers, wives, and siblings leaving Neverland, presents their accounts of sustained abuse, exploring the complicated feelings that led both men to confront their experiences after both had a young son of their own. Wow. So, chilling... Yes. Um, and already, uh, I think these two men have been on CBS today. I got to go back and check what they yeah. actually said. And um, I know that there's been a press tour on the Jackson camp to mm-hmm. uh, kill this story. I mean, to kill this because they know there will be. they know that, you know, shit's about to hit like the fan as far as like these accusations. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to get ahead of it and like denounce the story. Um, and, you know, it's a lot of shit going on that's crazy. So I don't know. I have I have questions about the story just because what I've read has suggested that there's a lot of incompleteness. There's only out of all of the people who've been around Michael Jackson, who've been around his at his sleepovers and everything. There's only like two of two of these guys who come forward and have said something, which typically when anyone accuses anyone of anything, um, people always have questions about, OK, it was it just you guys. Was there other people? Um, which is not to say that your story isn't true, but naturally that's where people's minds go. Um, and also people are upset because Jackson can't, um, is not alive to like speak about it. Yeah. They're also upset that the a story wasn't painted in a way or told in a way that includes a balance of people um, speaking in and out of his defense. So like if you, if you remember in the R. Kelly documentary, you have... Um, you have like his accusers, but you also have his like 
his brother <laughs> from the jail and you know you have you have a little bit of a balance as far as I mean not I wouldn't call it a balance but you at least have at least another perspective that yeah, is who, on his side right, or exactly. is doubtful about the story and I there's I don't believe there's anything like that in this particular special so people um are not happy at all with it and then they're not happy with Oprah for choosing to do this special so my question is how do you feel um I have after the Bill Cot was it the no, yeah, after the after Survivor R. Kelly came out actually, mm-hmm. um, I decided that I was gonna denounce defending celebrities and defending <laughs> famous people. And yes. it is because they put on these personas that they want us to believe that they are. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of these celebrities are horrible people behind closed doors. So I don't give a damn about this. Mm. If Michael Jackson did in fact do anything to violate these young men, then yeah, the story needs to be told. Mm-hmm. I, I know Michael Jackson. Out of all the celebrities in my lifetime, if anyone could say I am God and, and have people follow him, it would have been him. Mm, that's because true. of all the videos, the DVDs of Michael Jackson concerts, Michael Jackson would just come out looking to the crowd and you have people passing out. Mm-hmm. Damn near falling out, having to get taken out by ambulance and everything. So, mm-hmm. look, people might say, oh, he's dead. Let him rest in peace. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean, really know. Like, I, I don't. People. And then to say that. Mm-hmm. They say these guys, um, they testified under oath, said nothing mm-hmm. happened. I mean, it's easy to for Michael Jackson to kind of coerce people or Michael Jackson's camp mm-hmm. to kind of coerce people into saying that nothing happened when it actually did. Yeah. What we do know did happen is that he slept in the bed with these young men, right? I don't know. I, I don't know that for a fact. I've heard that there there were actual I heard there were sleepovers. I don't know where everyone was asleep. Well, he, I mean, he has a big home. I don't necessarily I don't think that necessarily means he was in their bed. But, you know. Listen. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, we all know, like, you know, Michael Jackson grew up in an abusive household, and typically what comes with abuse in any capacity is lasting effects, and oftentimes, um, well, not oftentimes, but sometimes that may manifest in a pattern of behavior that is, like, uh, repeating the cycle. So yeah. it's not like it's not like a far-fetched thing to consider that someone who's been abused themselves could then go on to abuse someone. But um, my concern is that, for me, I if I'm going to, like, tell a story, I want to tell the story. You know what I mean? So I just feel more so in the, like, kind of more so, like, shady, like, side-eye to the director. And I don't know what his, like, obstacles were to, like, towards telling the story, yeah. but to just get to... Like, there were a lot of people who stayed at Neverland who didn't accuse him, right? So it's just like... What? How do they? How do they feel? Right? How do? What is their? What is their perspective on the situation? For context, even if the story that you wanted to tell was that these people were abused, and you want to highlight that story, I'm not even saying don't do that. I'm just saying I just like complete stories. That's what I prefer. And so for me, I'm more so just like upset because if this, you know, if this is in fact true, then it, it then he should be held accountable. Um, and but at the same time, that doesn't mean that the full story can't be told because if if something is true, it's true. So even if yeah. even if I paint the picture around it, it's not going to affect um, it's not going to affect the story. So I just feel like as a journalist, um, you know, when you're going to build a whole documentary off of two accounts, um, especially for someone such a such a big name. It's kind of like, what were you really trying to do as far as like, you could like, if you wanted to really drive the story that like these people were abused and these, you know, then tell the full story. And, um, and so that's where I'm kind of like getting a little, a little like, mm, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not liking the way I'm seeing this coming together. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that they're not telling the truth. Right. And so my question is like, is it right to discuss someone who's dead who can't defend themselves? Because I have some thoughts there. Like, 
on one hand, like if, if, if it was me or if I was abused or if anyone I knew was abused, I wouldn't give a shit if they were dead or alive. Like I would want to say my piece whenever it came to me. And it's no, yeah. it's not up to anyone to tell me when that's when that's possible. But yeah. what do you think? He wouldn't even say like Michael Jackson wouldn't come out and say nothing if he was alive. Mm-hmm. He's just going to speak to his representatives and speak to his estate <laughs> and speak to his camp. He wouldn't physically get in front of a camera or anything like that and say, I did not. I, I absolutely did not do these things. So he wouldn't come out and try to defend himself anyway. Well, maybe he would. I doubt it. Didn't I he do? I, I'm pretty sure he did before. I doubt it. And back in when they accused him in the 90s, I'm pretty sure he like was like, I did not do that. I'm pretty sure he said that declaratively. Um. Uh, like, look, I, I again, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. But I will say, like, it's a money. It's a. It's, it is a money grab on the director's part. We've yeah. seen the success of um, surviving R. Kelly mm. to make this. So that. On the director's part and the creator's part is a money grab. But mm-hmm. again, if this actually absolutely happened, then you need to tell the story. Mm-hmm. This needs to be known. And you know what? I believe that it did happen. Right. Can we actually just segue quickly to R. Kelly because he was arrested over this weekend. Um, and <laughs> man, his... that man don't give a goddamn. Right. <laughs> Seriously. And I actually, because, you know, typically people think that Yo. I just simply just like, I'm like, fuck niggas because I'm anti-fuck boy. But I'm anti-fuck girl too. And fuck these black women who are really like, Really writing for this man. Fuck y'all. Like literally, fuck y'all. Because it's really a daycare I'm seeing black, I'm seeing his, black women. I'm. That's what I'm seeing. A, a is, daycare worker posted his one hundred thousand dollar like, bond. A daycare worker. Damn. So she put up her whole like mortgage for this man to see women still supporting. It's this really man. scary. But it just goes to show, like when you think about what. Black women are typically guilty of doing things at their own expense. Let me just put that out there. Most people do things selfishly. Black women typically do things that are just so ridiculous because there's nothing to do with them and um, and everything to do with protecting abusers. Um, So this is really sad. Um, And he was seen signing autographs outside of McDonald's. So the cycle continues. Nothing has changed since the 90s. I mean, people are a little bit more like, okay, let's see him go away. But like, there's still so many people who are still writing for him. It's sad. It's, that is sad. That is absolutely ridiculous. But like I had this conversation with somebody. This this behavior in the industry is very <laughs> common and is very much accepted. Mm-hmm. The thing to R. Kelly is that he just went overboard. Yeah. And him and, and several That's other people went true. overboard as well. But for whatever reason, his time was up. Mm-hmm. And they made the documentary about him, and everybody's talking about him. Yep. Let's not get it twisted. I understand people are defending him, saying he's not the only one. He isn't the only one. He's not. We can't multitask our anger. Mm-hmm. We, R. Kelly needs to be in jail, and, and everyone else who did what he did needs to be in jail as well. <laughs> it's not. Oh well, it, you know, he's on. This is only happening because he's black. No, this is only happening because he's a serial predator. Yeah. That's why it's happening. But the man just don't give a damn. He went right to McDonald's. And then to to even condone his bad behavior even more, a woman, a woman who should have felt for these young girls who are manipulated at the tender age of 13, 14, 15 Sad. years old, who should have more remorse than anyone mm-hmm. is who posted his bill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the women because you got to like people who become abusers. It's a cycle. It's not just men who are part of it. It's about women, especially mothers 
raising their sons to believe that they have no boundaries that they can do whatever they want to do yep. you know or like kind of that hyper masculinity thing of like you need to do this otherwise you're gay or you're not tough or you're not enough of a man right. that's part of like something that we all take part in not just men and I think we really have to address the root of it because people want to point fingers at who did what and who did what and it's like this is an ecosystem this is a problem this is something that is is a cancer in our community um, and it's particularly exacerbated when you have money fame and you're black like that's something that like now all the secrets are quiet because no one wants to like fuck up the bag like Jordan <laughs> so it becomes an extra pressure to keep shit quiet and to protect black men at all costs because that's what we do as a community so yeah. yeah I mean it's it's just it's I'm not even a woman but it's just aggravating to see like this guy is just, he just walks around with that smug grin and the sad thing is I don't feel like he's probably he's probably not gonna even go to jail this time around either uh, well, I heard because the latest uh, testimonies are saying that they've uncovered, you, as we mentioned last week, a third video where um, he's having sex with a 14 year old. And the only reason why we know, because, get, you know, if I was just watching a, like the average porn that I would watch every Friday. Um, That's a weird time. I, I don't uh, I don't necessarily are usually, you know, to go socialize. But instead, Addie's inside alone. Baby, you see, I have no life. I have no life. I, I never know the age of the women in there unless it says I hate when they post like teen I don't want to see the teens I don't that's not my concern that's R. Kelly's business but <laughs> um, but like you know you, there's no other way you would know the age except for the fact that he had prompted this girl to say that she was 14 I'm oh giving you this 14 year old pussy he was like give me that 14 year old pussy just the the most I'm a, how you can defend this nigga like this is a great example of like I wasn't there but I know that nigga did it like this is the perfect Listen, example. Like I, said, I will a, stand by that. A very great and wise man said, <laughs> whatever they said he did, he did that shit. He did that shit. 50 Cent Power. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. It's two hours go by so fast, doesn't it? Oh, when you're having fun. Of course, of course. Yo, I want to thank you all. Listen to me. I want to... Well... <laughs> Let's not. Uh, let's, anyway, let's. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Ben Talks right here on Radio Free Brooklyn here each and every Thursday at 5 p.m. Coming up after this is Heron now with Rachel C. And I will be filling in for Rachel C. Rachel C. is out this week. She'll be back next week. But do not do not go anywhere. I have a theme, a great theme show entitled What's the Funk? Oh. That's right. We got funk music playing all hour long. We what the funk? Fun. Coming up. On here and now, Rachel C. Do not go anywhere. Thank you all. This has been Ben Talks. It's been real. An absolute blast coming in here each and every week to talk to you all. Do not go anywhere. Stay tuned. Coming up next, here and now, Rachel C. with Ben Lewis. <laughs>